If you like roller coasters, well, then you'll love being a podcaster. Last Monday, I woke up, grabbed my phone, and my latest episode, which always goes out Monday at midnight, was not on my phone. Holy cow, there was a problem. What the heck is Glenn the Geek from the Horse Radio Network going to shower to if I'm not there for him? So I ran over. Sure enough, I had set my episode to release at 12 noon on Monday, not 12 in the morning. I was like, ugh, way to go, Mr. Hall of Fame. While I was on my computer, I checked my email and I got a note and it said, hey, just a short note to say your latest episode, which you can find at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 776, is in my opinion, one of the best episodes you've done for sharing information a podcaster can put to use right away. I've listened to hundreds of episodes of your various shows, The School of Podcasting, Ask the Podcast Coach, Building a Better Dave, Weekly Web Tools. I do miss that show, he says. Over several years, I've listened to those, and show 776 is among the top four or five for offering immediate and ongoing value. Thank you for your commitment to the podcasting community. Blessings, Steve Carter. Now, Steve does two podcasts. One is called Easy Stress Cures, and the other one is EFT Tapping Junction. And I'll have links to those out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 777. So from one pretty low low to an incredible high. Please keep your arms and hands inside the ride at all times. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting Sense 2005. I am your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. I've got 2.8 million downloads of this show under my belt, blasting out to 97 different countries. If you're new to the show, the website is schoolofpodcasting.com. This is where I help you plan, launch, grow, and monetize your show. While you're out there at schoolofpodcasting.com, use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, on either a monthly or yearly subscription. I do want to say thanks again so much to Steve Carter for the very nice words that he sent in. And I just want to remind you, as I record this, in the United States, we have a holiday to remember all those people who have lost their lives in the armed forces and first-time responders, etc., etc. And I'm just here to remind you that, hey, you got some free time today, and once you take some time to think about those people that have done the ultimate sacrifice, take some time to email those podcasters that you listen to on a regular basis to say, hey, thanks so much for doing what you do, because that put a huge amount of gas in my tank when I needed some gas in my tank. So thanks again, Steve. And I'm going to share today. This is how it works. Steve gave me feedback and said, more, please. I like that. Can I have some more? And I went, all right, let's talk about editing interviews. I've talked about how to schedule, how to be on an interview, how to run your own interview. You can find that at schoolofpodcasting.com slash interview tips. And I'll have a link to this. Everything I mentioned, as always, in the show notes at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 777, because this is episode number 777. In case you missed it, it's time for a podcast rewind. I was on the Entertaining Insights with Dr. Nancy Burke. 
And what's cool is if you are now for me, I was like a little baby hippie. So I kind of like got a lot of the 60s stuff from my older brothers and sisters, even though I was just a little tyke. But if the names Peter, Paul, and Mary ring a bell, she had Paul on the first part of this episode. And on the second part of the episode, she had me and I was talking about the benefits of listening and also how to create a podcast. Well, you have many podcasts, including the School of Podcasting and Ask the Podcast Coach. And like me, we're up against a lot of competition, including a lot of heavy-duty competitors who come with a sound studio and a team of a gazillion. And I always have to laugh when they, at the end of the podcast, they list all the people that have created it. And I think, no wonder I'm so tired. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, just a few of us here. But what do you have to say about being in the same swimming pool with these larger competitors. You can create just as good of content. And like you said, you're going to be a little tired, but uh, I forget which podcast award it was, but I, my little school of podcasting show was up against Reply All, which is now, I think, owned by Gimlet, if I remember right. And that's one of those that had, you know, a team of 15, I think, mm-hmm. running that show. And I was in the same category and I am an army of one. I mean, I do everything on my show. You know, I know I didn't win. They won. But but in the meantime, I was like, hey, you know what? I was. That's huge to be in the same pool. And I, I always tell people, be very careful comparing your show to others. I didn't know until I got there that they had 15 people making that show. I thought it was the two guys that were the hosts. The best thing you can do is just focus on your audience and find out what they want. And because you're like, boy, I, I wish I had some sort of marketing team that could go out and just tell the world about my podcast. And they go, you have one. It's called your audience. And you can find Dr. Nancy over at Dr. Nancy Burke in Burke is B-E-R-K. Sometimes things are blatant and they're easy to understand. Let's take the point of I shot the sheriff, but I did not shoot the deputy. Pretty clear. Not much to really chew on there. Got the main point. Now, if I said I bought a gun and I drove to the sheriff's house and now he's dead and I'm out of bullets. In the context of that, you kind of go, huh? Sounds like he shot the sheriff. We don't know anything about the deputy at that point. And I mentioned this in last week's episode, and I'm going to say the same thing here. This is my opinion. This is not a fact, but this is how I tend to look at things. I am kind of a person that likes things a little cut and dried. And so if I'm trying to decide to keep something in the show or not, if I have a question on should I, what I'm going to do is take that clip out of context and see if it can stand alone. So today I want to play some clips I'm going to be talking about Sean Evans and the TV show Hot Ones in a future episode because this guy does amazing interviews. It's a YouTube show, gets millions of downloads. He's interviewing A-list celebrities, and I want to know kind of what his secret is. But he was interviewed... So that's what I was doing. I wasn't looking at Sean Evans interviewing people. I looked to see where he was the person being interviewed. And I found one where Drew Barrymore. Now, Drew Barrymore is a actress. She's been 
in the movies and the entertainment business since she was probably four. Now, her grandfather and her whole family's been in the movie business. But nonetheless, you have to have some talent to stay around this long. And so she got a talk show. I don't know if it's actually on a network at this point or if it is. It's probably like Channel 439 on your cable system. And she's interviewing people and things like that. I did like she interviewed her ex-husband. I thought that was really cool. Not something you see again on every talk show. But I found where Drew was interviewing Sean Evans. And I don't know if this was because it wasn't her official show. And it's hard to tell, but it was pretty bad. And so I'm going to play a clip from this. And for the record, I don't have permission to play this, but I'm kind of using it as a teaching tool. So again, if I was going to get dragged into the court, I would use fair use. But please remember that fair use is the defense you use when you go to court and going to court is not cheap. So with that said, in this clip, she starts to tell Sean why she wanted to interview him. And I'm going to interrupt this as we go through, but just realize if we take this on a standalone, after we get done with this whole clip, I'm going to go, did that bring value? One of the reasons I really wanted to talk to you was because Howard Stern is such a, a guide to me. And that's where I go, that sentence doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But okay, she's off the track. Let's continue. On journalism. And, you know, he he used to torture me when I was a teenager. He'd have my mom on the show and be like, Drew, call your mom. And I was like, oh, my God, you are literally scratching at my emotional Achilles heel on your smut show. And you don't know the history here and how bad this is hurting me. And you're just all about sensationalism and ratings and shock. And really, you're breaking my heart here. And remember, she started off this sentence. The reason I brought you on the show is because. And I can't believe that someone I hated so much would become my journalistic icon. And that has to do with what? Why you brought Sean on the show? And I think he is the most well-researched. He asks the most personal, interesting questions. And he's actually one of now the safest people to speak to. And that, believe it or not, is the end of her question, to which Sean kind of then jumped in and started talking about Howard Stern. I think that he has like the best sort of nose for what people want to know, what people want to hear. And then another thing that I do is when I do an interview, I will often include what I'm just going to call I agree stories. So somebody said, I remember this one time I did this thing and holy cow, you're not going to believe this. And when they get done with their story, I'm like, oh man, I had something similar. It was so strange. It's an I agree. And in this clip, Drew finally talked to Sean about his research and now she's going to give her take on research. It kind of allows the guests to fill that space naturally. What's so interesting to me is I so agree with everything you just said. Like I have my, you know, this is just. And so she's holding up her research. I, but I study it so much that I, my preference is to never have to reference it. But in my mind, I know the beats and where I want to connect to, but I try to let the conversation, uh, dictate where and when I'm going to find those ornaments. The conversation is the Christmas tree and the questions are the ornaments. 
Um, and I know I'm going to try to place them, but I'm not sure when and where. I just have it all in here. And the only reason I like to fly and not look is because I know I did my homework. And again, that's not really a question. So Sean just kind of jumps back in and starts talking. Yeah, 100%. And then two, I think like... And so for me, I do like her little visual thing there that the conversation is a Christmas tree and the questions are the ornaments and I'm not sure where I'm going to put them. That's the type of thing I would include at the end of the interview when you're reflecting on the great conversation you just had with your guest. In a minute, you're going to hear some tips from Sean about what to do during an interview. But right now, you know what you should do? You should be like Al Leo, because as I'm recording this, I just got the email. Welcome aboard, Al. Al just joined the school of podcasting.com. Which means in the future, Al's not going to spend a bunch of money on equipment that he doesn't need. Al's going to sound professional. Al is going to know exactly what his audience wants. Al is going to have the support of an entire Facebook group that is cheering him on along with me. And he's going to have the ability to ask me personal questions in our live group coaching. And of course, he'll have priority email. And often if you email me a question, I will reply with a video showing you exactly what to do. Join the School of Podcasting. Go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash join. You don't have anything to worry about because you have 30 days to say, Dave, I thought this was for me. It's not. Can I have my money back? 30 days to kick the tires on that and get a money back guarantee. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash join. Use the coupon code listener when you sign up to save on either a monthly or yearly subscription. Now back to Sean and Drew. Now in this next clip, I have a fair amount here of Sean because he's giving great advice on doing interviews. And I wanted to play that for you, but then listen how her follow-up question is not a question. That's great. But ultimately like what it comes down to is, is listening to the other person and kind of going wherever that thing's going to go. Like one of the things that I've realized is like when you're doing interviews, you're not obligated to offer that much. You're not obligated to give those answers and do those things. You know, it's sort of a trust exercise where I kind of have to like get that out of you or like make you feel comfortable enough to do it or like trust me enough to go there, like trust the show enough. I think it's important to have that structure, but also like listen, because if that person feels comfortable, it's like I've used this analogy before, but like a cat will always like let you know where it likes to get pet. Like that whole thing about like kind of doing that with the guests and kind of going that direction and <laughs> having and having that and having that. Uh... <laughs> I just I love that. I have cats and I know exactly what you're talking about. And if your guest is delivering things in easy to understand fashion, you don't have to repeat everything they say. And it is a dance. It's a nuance. And there's a great saying that so Nan taught me this quote, which is, insecurity is loud, confidence is quiet. And somehow with your amazing journalistic integrity and instincts, you also know when to step back and let it happen and go quiet. Well, thank you very much. You know, like, so half her questions are not questions. It's just her saying, Hey, in my life, I do this and that and blah, blah, blah. And you know what? I 100% agree with you, yada, yada, yada. And then she just stops. And then Sean has to, like, okay, I guess I talk now. And I'm going to play one more just because 
these are so obvious. And this is where Sean, again, we're going to catch him at the end of his answer. And then she just goes on to a rather long thing here. And it doesn't really end with a question. But I wouldn't have it any other way. Like, I don't think this show is better with a bigger budget. And this. And I'm going to jump in there. This is a guy that gets millions of views on YouTube. And he just said, yeah, it's not the tech. Stripped down budget set is what has made the show what it is, honestly. That's the exact type of work ethic I have. I will go anywhere I'm needed to go. I will get that thing. I will do that thing. I will show up. I will travel. I don't care what it takes. You guys have this butterfly net and you want to go catch butterflies. And if it takes running across the globe in order to find those butterflies, well then so be it. I love the spirit of we will do whatever it takes to get it. Yeah, I think that I'm I'm obsessed with like the... So getting back to my original point, when I isolate her responses, they're actually kind of like, what would I do with this? I'd go, Drew, what are you doing? Ask a question, would you? Because it's these long, drawn-out responses that don't really... They're either A, they're an echo of what Sean already said, or there's something about, well, this is the way I do this. And I'm like, that's interesting because I could have sworn we were interviewing Sean. This isn't a biography. What's going on here? And so, again, I do this. I will often do a, hey, I do that also. Here's something very similar. I just cut it out. We're here to learn about the guest. And so the first thing I, and you've heard me say this before, if you're a regular listener, I listen to the question that I asked them, and then I listen, when did they start to answer the actual question? So let me give you an example, and you will hear a ding when I actually start to answer this question. Dave, you were the director of podcasting for the New Media Expo, and the last time that there was a New Media Expo, it was in Las Vegas. Did you have to deal with unions when you were in Las Vegas? Oh, wow. We are dusting off some cobwebs there. You know what's so amazing about the New Media Expo? That was the first time I'd ever been to the Las Vegas Convention Center. And I remember by 1030, I think I already had close to like 15,000 steps. It was an amazing event. And yeah, I remember the one time that there were supposed to be a panelist of four people and there were only three chairs. And I went to the head guy that was running and I said, Hey, I need another chair for this panel. And he's like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, there's four people. We got three chairs unless you want somebody to sit on somebody's lap. And he's like, all right. And he gets on the phone, he calls somebody and he said, that chair just cost us 300 bucks. So I threw a ding in there to let you know, this is where the actual answer to that question starts. I did that whole thing about how big Las Vegas was, yada, yada, dusting off cobwebs. That's not answering the question, did you have to work with unions? And the answer is, yeah, I remember the one time that there were supposed to be a panelist of four people. Okay, we get the point. So keep in mind that you might have someone on your show that has an amazing story and they may be an absolutely horrible storyteller. I myself know what I want to say, but I still kind of write it out and then I break it down to bullet points so I can just talk to you right now. I don't want to read to you, but if I don't have bullet points, holy cow, lots of editing is going to happen. And on that note, let me throw in this little bit of advice 
somebody asked me this weekend, how do I speed up my editing? And I've done tutorials on that. There's an actual little button you can click in Audacity to have it play back faster. People sound like chipmunks, but it does speed things up. But the easiest way to speed things up is to do a little planning. The less winging it you're doing, the less editing you're going to do, because when you wing it, not everything is gold. And speaking of things that aren't gold, I will often, when I'm interviewing somebody, especially if it's a follow-up question, I will include a bunch of backstory so they can see where the question is coming from, and it takes me a while to get to the question. Here's an example. I was interviewing Charlie Valor. And uh, the reason I want to have you on is I've been listening to it, and you allude to the the first, I don't know if it's the very first podcast you did, or you, you mentioned that there was a podcast, and it's always like, well, that's the one where I wasted X amount of time doing this or that. And I was like, oh, I want to dig into that because, you know, there are two ways to learn things. One is to you know, either read a book or whatever, but in some cases just jump in and you try something and you're like, Oh, chocolate covered fish sticks, really not a good idea. You know, it's, it, I like chocolate. I like fish sticks thought combining them would be great. Turns out not so much. So holy cow, I'm having fun. I'm cracking chocolate covered fish stick jokes. But if I were to edit that today, this is what it would sound like. Tell us a little bit about uh, some of the lessons that you kind of allude to in your podcast about some of these uh, mistakes that you may have made. And keep in mind, if you have something where you were just awful, you can always go narrative style and say, hey, I talked to Charlie about his first podcast where he seems to feel he made a bunch of mistakes. He spent a lot of money. And then you just throw in Charlie's answer. You make it narrative. And before we leave this, there are two things I want to mention here. Number one, if you are spending three, four hours editing your podcast and it's only like 20 minutes, you've gone too far. What? And again, this is just my opinion. I listen and I, that's, you've, you've heard me say it. I'll repeat it one more time. I listen to the question and then I see where did they start answering the question and was the answer any good? Just because they answered the question doesn't mean it's valuable. And the other thing I do is I listen for low-hanging fruit. So what is a low-hanging fruit? For me, it's this one. And um, so, but, you know, those are my crutch words. Right, that's another good one. And if those are low-hanging fruit, now what is low-hanging fruit? That means I don't do this. And uh, it's kind of like the time where I run the words together. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, if I got to go go in with a scalpel. People do say those words. People do say, um, I think it was the time. Yeah, I'll leave that one in. But if I say, um, I think it was the time, I'll go in and cut out the um. Now, that is just me. That's just my opinion. And you can leave those in there. If someone talks like me, that's going to be a lot of ums for the record. So keep that in mind. This is all opinion. And if the goal, though, is to make you and your guest, if you're doing interviews, sound smarter. Why wouldn't you? Holy cow. Keep that in mind. Now, the other thing, because I kind of threw Drew Barrymore under the bus, and I don't really think Drew is listening to this show. But keep in mind, the fifth out of seven habits is understand before being understood. So when I look at this and go, this was, in my opinion, not a great interview 
by Drew Barrymore. Well, it's not officially like a clip from her show. It kind of looks like something she did on, it's the art of the interview on YouTube. And she was interviewing somebody who was really good at interviews. And she's an actress. She might have felt like, if I ever have to type an email to Mignon Fogarty, who was Grammar Girl, I get a little nervous. I'm like, wait, is it I before E except, wait, what's the comma thing? You get a little nervous because you're sending something that they look at all the time. So you might imagine that maybe if you're interviewing a really good interviewer, I felt that way when I interviewed Jordan Harbinger. Jordan Harbinger is a phenomenal interviewer. And when I interviewed him the whole time, I'm thinking he's got to be just thinking, oh, what a horrible question. I never would have asked that. So that might have been another thing that was going on with Drew. I don't watch your show because, hey, I don't watch TV a whole lot. And if I do, it's recorded so I can fast forward through the commercials. But that's just a quick glimpse of how I edit my interviews. One last thing, one last insight into this is I always go through once I'm done and I go, yep, those are all the questions I'm going to keep. I go back and I find the weakest question or answer and pull it out. Even though I've already said that would deliver value, I find the weakest one and I pull it out. Now, why do I do that? I don't know. It's just something I do. You don't have to do that, but I'm like, nope, I want to make this from good to great. And somewhere in here, one of these is not as good as the other. And I just go through and listen again. And I ask, did they answer the question? Does it deliver value to my audience? And if it does, it stays. And if it's like, mm, it doesn't, it, this one delivers value, but it doesn't deliver as much value as these other ones. And I take it out. That's just a weird, quirky thing. Don't know where it came from, but it's something that I do. All right. The question of the month is coming back for June, but I have two questions. One is going to be private. So when you answer that question, I will edit it out. It's just for you and me. And the second one is public. And I'm bringing back a classic. I will need these answers by June 25th, 2021. You can go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash question. And here is the first private question. I'm going to give you an example to explain this. When I've been playing the guitar since I was, you know, old enough to crawl and I love playing the guitar. And the first time I walked into a guitar center, I swear I heard like angels. It was amazing because they had tons, like just wall to wall to wall guitars and you could play them. There wasn't some salesman going, hey, 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 kid, don't touch that. They're not like, no, grab one. And uh, here's a cable and uh, use any amp you want. It was amazing. Their selection was amazing. Plus, they had really cool acoustic guitars in a special room so that you could hear them. It was an amazing experience. And so my question to you is, there are plenty of Facebook groups out there and all Reddits and things like that. If you were designing a special podcast community, what would be in it? What would you be able to do? What would you be able to find? What would you want to do there? That's the private one. Now, why is that private? Because there are a lot of podcast consultants that listen to the show. And I'll just be blunt. Do your own research. Quit stealing mine. 
The second question <laughs> that's that's public, and this is the classic. We haven't done this one in a while, and it dawned me on me. We do this one about once a year, so hey, let's bring it back. And that is, you guessed it. You, if you've listened to the show, you know what I'm going to say. What's your pet peeve when it comes to podcasts? What's the one that just makes you go, ah, you know, that thing like, eh, I hate it when they do this. Like, what's the thing that makes you tune out? What's the thing that makes you unsubscribe? What's the thing that just, ah, your pet peeve? I need it by June 25th, 2021. Go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash question. And again, the first one private, what would the ultimate podcast community look like? And then the one for the public that'll be playing is what's your top podcast pet peeve. And don't forget to slowly say where we can find your show, the name of it, and a little bit about it. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash question. Hey, I'm back on the road. June 22nd through the 24th, I will be in Grapevine, Texas at the Spark Christian Podcast Conference. And then in August, I will be in Nashville. That's August 3rd through the 6th in Nashville, Tennessee at Podcast Movement. Work in the booth for Libsyn. Links in the show notes at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 777. What am I tuning into these days? Well, back on episode number 771, I did an episode that was somewhat a little controversial called Podcasting Can Give Your Audience Something They Are Dying to Hear the Truth. And out at the website, schoolofpodcasting.com slash 777, I love the show last week tonight with John Oliver. He was one of the correspondents on The Daily Show. And they cover a lot of things that I go, why aren't they talking about this on the real news? Why are all the really good points? And I mean, really good points being made by comedians because people are like, oh, he's just a silly comedian. John made a fake product and then got it on the news as a real story. Got to watch it. It's uh, it's it's saddening is what it is. You go, ugh, and they point out like at the very bottom at the like the last half a second of the news, it's like, oh, by the way, paid sponsorship. And what happens then is you pay your, like, let's say 1800 bucks to get on the news and they feature you as an expert. You then get that video that says I'm an expert and channel five said so. It's amazing. And then you do it again. Here's another 18 bucks. And hey, Dr. Dave is back and he's talking about such and such. And then the more film you get, the more of an expert you look, and the more you get to spew your nonsense. It's amazing. So check that out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 777. As I mentioned, in the future, I'm going to be dissecting Sean Evans. And if you know anybody that knows anybody who knows Sean Evans, please reach out to them and say, hey, go on Dave Jackson's show, because I really want to get into how he does interviews and his prep. I've actually listened to quite a few, and I know the answer to that, but I'd like to dig a little deeper. And as you heard today, today's episode was inspired by an email by Steve Carter. So if you have something you'd like me to talk about, I also mentioned in last week's episode, if you think, and I've been doing a few of these, if you think you have content that would benefit this audience, and you know this audience, you're here, but you don't think maybe you're enough for a full interview, I've been doing little baby interviews 
Like we're going to talk about LLCs and somebody just kind of came on and answered that question. A couple episodes, I talked to Gordon Firemark. So if you just have one little topic you want to talk about, I'm open for that. If you are a new listener to the show, I like to try to new thing, try to do new things. And it's really easy to contact me. Go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact because I'm older. I prefer email, but uh, everything is there. I don't always check LinkedIn and the 8,000 other places you can contact me. I prefer email. Again, schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact. Hey, you are at the 31-minute mark, which means you've enjoyed this episode. Could you do me a favor? Do you know anybody else that does a podcast or is thinking of starting a podcast that might enjoy this show? It would mean the world to me. If you could just, if you got your phone somewhere handy, just go to it. There's a share button somewhere. Share this on social or in your newsletter or on your website, whatever you want to do. It would mean a lot to me. You are my sales force. I deeply appreciate it. I am glad that you found value because otherwise you would have hit stop by now. I do appreciate it. If you're that person that needs to start their podcast, I'm sitting right here waiting for you. Join Al. When I get done on this, I'm going to go make a video for Al and let him know how happy I am that he's joined. And I'm going to start networking with him to find out what he needs. And we're going to get working on it. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Use the coupon code listener. In the future, I'm also going to peel back the curtain on what is it like to be Dave Jackson podcast consultant? Because I mean, you do know that right now I've got about 30 people banging on my front door wanting me to teach them how to podcast. Yeah, that's not the truth. You'll find out what the truth is coming up. Take care. God bless. Thanks for joining me on my mission to rid the world of boring podcasts. Class is dismissed. was inspired by Scott over at, did I say Scott? Steve. 